ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Tuesday, September 14th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the White Call phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Call Heart Seltzer, it is made pure. I've also got the text line open up this hour at 304-523-2275 for the text line. Uh, We're hoping that we can hook up with Marshall women's soccer coach Michael Swan. We're going to try to get him on here in the next few minutes. If not, we'll get him on later on this hour. I've also got Huff's weekly presser, Coach Huff's weekly presser. We'll talk about how he felt about the game against NC Central. We'll look ahead to ECU. Also, we've got Mike Houston, the head coach of ECU. We'll get his thoughts on playing Marshall. That is coming up this hour. Also, Marshall, good news today for the men's soccer team. We'll go over who won the defensive player of the week in the league. I've got the soccer rankings. The polls out. It's going to be fun this week. West Virginia, Marshall, uh, these two teams want to beat each other. The fan bases want to beat each other. They want to talk trash to each other. The fan bases already talk trash to each other. There's a lot of violence on Twitter. There's a lot of crime on Twitter. And West Virginia coming in as the fourth-ranked team in the coaches' poll. Marshall moving up to six. So the Thundering Herd, six. West Virginia coming in at four. West Virginia was previously ranked fifth, and Marshall was previously ranked tenth. So if Marshall wins this one, of course, there's going to be a lot of jubilation in Huntington for the Herd faithful. And if West Virginia beats Marshall, stay off Twitter, Herd fans. It's not going to be pretty for you because I know I've seen you talk trash. Now, both sides have talked trash. Don't get me wrong. Both sides have talked trash, but... I've seen herd fans talk a little trash, a little swagger there going on. You win a national championship, you feel real strong. You feel real good. So um, it's good, though. It's good that the the fan bases uh, like to get after each other. It's going to be a fun series. And, of course, uh, you're going to see these two schools go at it each year in Conference USA here in a couple of seasons when it's really going to be a strong battle. Maybe the two teams will play for a a cup or something, but uh, that's something that uh, the two coaches have definitely wanted to get going. And here it is, West Virginia and Marshall. Marshall either will back it up or is going to have to eat some crow from the Mountaineer fans because WVU got, got so jobbed. That's why, I think partially why, they're getting into Conference USA because they got jobbed by the MAC. The NCAA did not Give them, I think, their due, their respect. WVU could have been one of those teams to make a strong run in the NCAA tournament. We'll never know, but WVU looking pretty good this year. Marshall trying to defend that championship. When you get that star over that crest now, you get that championship, you got a target on your back. And you got to be careful. 
can't be too confident. You win one national championship, you got to back it up now. So you can't go into this too confident. I think both teams will be ready. It should be a fun one. It's going to be streaming Friday night on ESPN Plus. So if you can't get a ticket, and I hear that's hard to come by, you get an opportunity to at least watch the game. Uh, I know my guy Jake Griffith is going to be making uh, game notes galore tonight for that one on Friday. So looking forward to that. All right. Um, we're going to try to get Coach Swan on here a little bit later on. Uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing from him. Uh, we've got press conferences to get into. Coach Hoff, we spoke to him earlier today. He talked about a lot of things about the game, also looking ahead to ECU, and then also Coach Mike Houston. He had his weekly presser earlier in the afternoon and this morning. You know, He talked about a lot of things. Uh, the things that we're interested in start with his team. He was asked about the offense and defense needing to improve to keep up with Marshall's offense? Well, I mean, I think we've got to play a very complimentary game. I mean, I think it's, you know, all hands on deck, you know, going into a game like this. You know, certainly, um, you know, they're an extremely experienced uh, older team that's won a lot. You know, Doc Holliday did a really good job there for a decade. And, you know, this is a team that won seven games last year. We're ranked in the top 20. Uh, you know, a, a lot of explosive athletes. They have a lot of experience. Uh, the quarterback, uh, you know, he was he's a third-year kid. He mid-year, what would have been, you know, right when I was hired here. So, um, you know, he, he, he was the newcomer of the year in the league last year. Um, and he's really, I mean, I've, I've been very impressed with him. I mean, he's, he's a good athlete, uh, runs well, uh, can really throw it, has great, great arm talent. Uh, I mean, he, he really rips it now. So um, the same offensive coordinator he's had the whole time he's been there. So uh, Coach Huff retained uh, retained uh, the OC, and uh, I just think they're playing very, very well right now. So, you know, we've got to play well defensively. We've got to play well offensively. We've got to play well on special teams. You know, we've, we've just got to play a very complimentary game uh, in order to get the win on Saturday. One of the questions um, that Coach Houston addressed was, going on the road for the first time, playing the first true road game of the season? Well, I think we gotta, we got to prepare for a, a loud, uh, hostile environment. I mean, that's the reputation that uh, Marshall has. I mean, it's, they've got a lot, of, a lot of history of winning there. They have a, a rabid fan base, much like ours. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff. Uh, I would expect uh, that me and the kids will get called every name under the sun when we take the field, and I think it's going to be a loud, uh, challenging environment. So we're doing everything we can to prepare for that this week at practice. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, the coaching staff that has been there and has have you know a good bit of history in that stadium, they understand what it's going to be. So they'll help us prepare the, the players for Saturday night. Well, that's not a good impression of herd fans right there. Coach is going to be good. Did you hear that? Coach is going to get called every name. Him and the kids going to be called every name under the sun. Come on, herd fans. Come on. This is don't get that started. People won't want to see you come to their stadium if you get that reputation, man. It's a coach really talking up the fan base. Uh, you know what's going to happen? Coach is going to come in. And he's going to get called every name under the sun. Probably now. Now that 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 comments out there. Um, Coach Houston, though, um, has um, a lot of respect for first-year head coach uh, Charles Huff. Uh, one of the questions that was asked, as if it was a, sort of a shocker, was how Marshall was able to handle Navy 
with a first-year coach? Well, I think that, you know, uh, I think Charles Huff is an experienced guy. Uh, I think uh, keeping the OC keeps some continuity offensively. I think with the experience coming back and the quarterback and the OC being on the same page, I think that allows for a lot of continuity. Um, you know, I think that uh, Navy struggled. Uh, you know, they helped them a good bit. I mean, a blocked field goal, blocked punt. Uh, and, yeah, Marshall had some to do with it, but it was really breakdowns by Navy. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. But uh, at the end of the day, they're a good football team. They're well coached, uh, and they and they're really playing well right now. I mean, it's it's been very impressive watching their tape. That's Coach Mike Houston getting set for the thundering herd. Needs to approve to keep up with Marshall's offense, both offensively and defensively. Very impressed with Coach Huff and um, the fans. Apparently, here in Huntington, are going to call him every name. Under the sun. I don't believe that. I don't believe herd fans are going to be like that. Do you believe that? Text lines open 304 523 White Claw phone line 877 420. Talk 877 420 We're trying to get Coach Swan on. Uh, he's a very busy man at all times. We're going to try to get him on the program, and uh, we're going to hear from Marshall head football coach Charles Huff. We'll talk about Marshall's matchup with ECU and take one final look back at the NC Central game when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Marshall women's soccer team getting set to face Western Kentucky to open conference plays coming up Thursday night, 6 o'clock. We want to welcome to the program now the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, Michael Swan. And Rounding out conference play with, uh, I'm sorry, non-conference play with a nice three-nothing shutout over VMI. Um, that's one way you want to end conference or non-conference play, coach. You, you want to get that win before you head into. Uh, I guess every game counts, but the, these doubly count when you get into the conference. Yes, yes, they do. Um, you know, we're going to start off against Western Kentucky, who's a great program. They've been great traditionally the last couple of years, but you know, we've spent the last couple of days watching their film and. You know, we feel good about things. We've uh, came off a, bit, a good win against BMI and a good showing against Radford um, there last Thursday night. We didn't quite get the result, but, you know, on chances, we, we created quite a bit against them. So um, going into conference play, we know what's at stake. Um, our young team is, is going to realize that, what's at stake when we play Western Kentucky on Thursday night. Has it been you just needed to get this team on the field competing to, to start to see them gel and uh, start doing the things that you're trying to accomplish? Was it just a matter of let's get some, let's get some games in and play? Yeah, I mean, it's, we've got a lot of new faces who, who spent a lot of time on social media together and they haven't spent a lot of time on the field together. And, you know, we've been able to do that the, through preseason and we've been able to do it through the the early part of September, and every time we get on the field, we're, we we look a better team. We look a stronger team. We we look a more focused team and a cohesive team. So, 
to get them on the field and see them do it every day is great. Uh, you just see a young group, an enthusiastic group, keep learning together. So absolutely get them on the field and see what they've got. How excited were you on the sideline to see Meg Jarvis get not one but two goals? I know it has been kind of frustrating for her, uh, and she came up big for you against VMI. Yeah, Meg's a, Meg's a natural goal scorer. Um, you know, we've we've lacked that at times, and you know, last year, my first year with a, with being a COVID year, we lacked a goal scorer. You know, so that was on the list of things that we were looking for in a player. You know, when we brought Meg over from England, she's got that flair about her. She's got that excitement about her. She's got the soccer savvy about her. And she said it in herself on, on her, when she got interviewed this week by Herdzone, was she just needed to stop thinking about scoring goals and just get out there and score them. And the two goals that she scored were, were quality goals that you want to see any centre-forward score. So very instinctive, um, very lively. And when a goal scorer gets, uh, gets some confidence about them, they, they just... To get an act for just scoring more, so we're delighted for it. How do you turn that on and off? Uh, yeah, how do you just say I'm just going to go out there and just not think about it, just do it? You know, what you know, is that more on her? You know, is it you telling her, hey, not to think about it, just go play? Now, what's that process like? Um, I think a lot of times for for those types of types of players. Um, you know, they, it gets in their own head. You know, they want the ball played in a certain way. Um, they they want to they want to run a certain you know way to goal, and if the ball's not quite falling from them. So, you know, I think two things happen as far as switching it on, switching it off. One is a little bit of luck, um, that the ball just falls to you at the right time, and you instinctively do something, and then you get that confidence about you. Um, the second thing is you, you go and make something happen for yourself. You know, you change something in your game that, you know, might spark something else. And I think, you know, that's the that's the great thing about goal scorers is they they pop up even in bad games um, with a winner. Um, you know, you look at your men, men's program over the weekend, Pedro scores a goal in the 89th minute uh, to win it. And he's got a knack of doing that against big Again, in big games, so you know you just get that instinctive feeling about your game, and you put yourself in the right area, and you you get those opportunities. Coaching wise, sometimes you've just got to let them work it out, um, and you work it out yourself, their self on the field. Now, not so, only did Meg get um, get a couple of goals, you also got a, a goal from senior forward Cat Gonzalez. You outshot VMI twenty to three, uh, including eight to their two on goal. Um, just talk about seeing that offense finally maybe pick up or get to the point where you're going to see stats like that, where you're getting more on goal and you're getting more opportunities. Yeah, I mean, Kat, Kat's been a playmaker for us since she came in. She was a playmaker down at East Carolina prior to coming to Marshall. Um, she's got this vision in her game where she can pick out a pass, she can pick out a finish. Um you know, she she's got some great weapons in her arsenal. Um, when you talk about just, you know, everybody coming together as a team, every time you step foot on the, the field you can see you can see them jelling or you can see them talking about, you know, certain situations where what they could have done, where they should have ran. Um, but when you couple it all together and you throw in the, the offensive weapons that we've got, I mean we've got um, you know, Morgan White who's electric, a lot of pace, creates a lot of chances for us. We've got Meg Jarvis, who's a finisher. Um, we've got um, Abby Hugh, who's playing out of position right now, who was the conference player of the year. 
um, coming down the left. And then, you know, you, you put in a, a player like Cassidy Bell, who's a new face, who can run from deep areas. You just start thinking about how you can get more players getting the final third in dangerous areas. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of weapons to work with. You know, Kat is kind of that experienced figure that we've got in our in our, in our team where she can get us ticking. And, and against BMI, I thought she was fantastic and, you know, capped off a great performance with, with a great goal. Now that everything seems to be going in the right direction, uh, we, we touched on it, Western Kentucky opening up conference play. Uh, the Hilltoppers are not going to be easy, and uh, this game is doubly important because not only uh, is it against a, a rival like Western Kentucky, it's also a conference match, and that means uh, every point counts. Uh, you need every win you can to uh, get where you need to get in um, in the standings. And uh, I'm hoping that this one's going to be a fun electric atmosphere for you on Thursday night. Yeah, I think I think the pleasing thing that we've that we've had, you know, we had, we've been on, on the road for quite some time, and you know, we played against Radford on Thursday night and then VMI on Sunday, the two good good home games to get before you face a conference opponent. And you know, we we were we were absolutely delighted with the turnout on both days. You know, usually the Sunday game's a little bit quieter because of the NFL season, but we had a great crowd. Uh, we were loud. Um, they were they were screaming for the players. You know they wanted to win just as much as we did, and um, I think that's the that's the thing down at, at the veteran at the stadium is we want to get as many herd fans out there as we can. And um, you know you double that up against the Western Kentucky team, who's a who's a rival game um, going into conference play. I suspect that it's going to be an exciting environment for us. Michael Swan, my guest, head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, the Thundering Herd taking on Western Kentucky at 6 o'clock Thursday night, of course. Uh, you can go to herdzone.com for ticket details. I uh, hope to, to really pack the place. But yeah, it's uh, it's finally here. I, I know you have to be excited. Uh, all the other matches were important, but you know this is if, if you're not feeling it on Thursday night, if you're on this team, you know, you're probably dead because uh, Western Kentucky and opening a conference play – you know, I'm sure your team's ready to go. Just want to play it now. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're itching to itching to get out on the field. Um, you know, we've we've started with our preparation uh, today in training. Um, we talked a lot about what they are good at, and we we're going to now focus on what we are good at. Um, and I think what we've done over the last um, five six weeks of our season is we've just got better and stronger. Um, we're not the end product. Um, we've we've told them it's going to be a battle, it's going to be a war, um, and you need to be prepared for it. Um, you know we've got to turn around straight away after Western Kentucky jump on the plane and head down to Southern Miss. So you know the first two conference games come thick and fast, and our preparation is is all about getting another home game, getting a, a big result against a good program, and, and putting us at the top half of the league after week one. Coach, good luck on Thursday against Western Kentucky. I appreciate you doing this, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, Paul. Michael Swan, head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team, the Thundering Herd facing off against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. That's coming up Thursday night, opening up conference play 6 o'clock at the Vet or Hoops Family Field, whatever you want to call it. When we continue, Coach Huff had his weekly presser earlier today. We're going to give you some of the highlights from that later on. We'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And if you want to jump to the top of the line, 
get your comments in quicker, all you have to do is drop us a line. We've got the text box open, the text machine. We got the fancy number for that at 304-523-2275. To text, it's 304-523-2275. More coming up, including comments from Marshall head football coach Charles Hoff when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Text line open now at 304-523-2275. And, of course, you can do it the old-fashioned way with the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. Welcome back to the Tuesday, September 14th edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Earlier on the program, we heard from Marshall's opponent this week, Coach Mike Houston, his weekly presser for ECU. And, And we've also got Coach Huff's weekly press conference. He talked a lot about ECU. He talked a lot about his team, and he was appreciative of everyone that showed up, and that was echoed once again in his opening statement. Obviously, it's always great to win. Um, We talked a little bit after the game about some of the things that we got to continue to get better at and understand as a program. Um, But don't get me wrong, there were a lot of positives that that came out of that um, that game. There were a lot of positives that came out of the entire week. Really happy with the way our guys have have really bought into what we're trying to do around here. Um, I cannot knock these guys' effort at all. Um, are they young? Are they understanding? Is it new? Absolutely. But are they trying to do things the way we're asking them to do? One hundred percent. So I, I applaud um, the players for their buy-in um, and their buy-in without any type of hey, we've done this before, we know it works. Um, they're trusting what we're, what we're saying and they're doing what we're asking them to do. I appreciate that. Um, again, appreciate all the fans and the community uh, for what you guys did uh, last Saturday night. Appreciate you guys really um, stepping up to the challenge. Um, obviously, we hope to continue to improve our attendance, improve our enthusiasm, improve our, um, you know, our stadium game day environment. Um, but thank you guys for what we've done. Um, really happy about where we are, um, but also really excited about the challenges we have coming forward. So with that, I will open it up to questions. One of the things he's talking about is Thunder Street, trying to create a little bit more of a festive atmosphere. What do you think of Thunder Street? I'll open up the text line for that at 304-523-2275. Did you enjoy Thunder Street? What works and what doesn't work on Thunder Street for you? Do you like the DJ? Do you like the musical acts? And they're not all going to be country musical acts. There's uh, going to be a lot of talent up there that's not country. So there's going to be something for everyone, of course. Yeah. You had food trucks out there. That's always a fun. Get food trucks, vendors. Uh, if you uh, if you come to the game and you're not tailgating and you want to grab something before you get into the stadium, of course you can do that. So you're trying to baby steps here, improve the atmosphere. Uh, fans, a little over 24,000 strong. You hope to see that grow. And again, uh, I might not win any, uh, any favor from some of the Herd fans, but don't tell me you're not showing up because of the opponent. If you want to see Marshall football, you show up to see Marshall football. Now, again, uh, if you can't come, you 
you feel like you don't want to come, that's on you, and, and I'm not here to, to criticize you. But if you're talking about, well, nobody's showing up because it's NC Central, that's the wrong attitude. It's Marshall's playing, so you should be excited to go see Marshall play if you have the ability to go and you want to see Marshall play. So hopefully the attendance will increase. I know with ECU there will be a bump in attendance. Now, Huff talked about his comments in the post game, he was mad, right? I don't think he was mad as he was throwing things and he was steaming. He was just he was mad at things, not mad at people. He was mad at things. Didn't like how the team came out. And he talked about it being a slow start against NC Central. Well, he was asked about that and he clarified, not necessarily a slow start, but it was a start that he wasn't happy with. Yeah, well, I'm I'm not Nuke Rockney, so I, I don't really have a pump up speech, um, and I probably um, I probably misspoke on Saturday. I was probably a little little fired up. It wasn't a slow start; it was a sloppy start. Let, let me let me kind of clear that up because we end up going down and scoring points. That, that's what we do. We run so many plays, you're either going to score points or you're going to run out of gas. That's that's our that's kind of our philosophy. So. It wasn't necessarily a slow start. It was a sloppy start. You know, the first two drives, we got four balls on the ground. You know, we got a fumble snap on the very first play. You know, four or five plays later, we got a high snap, which Grant kind of bobbles Ali, knocks out of his hand. We get that back. We had a couple drops. We get a delay a game on a two-point conversion that we made the decision on Monday to go for two. So everybody knew we were going for two, but everybody was celebrating that Grant scored, that was like, oh, we're going for two. So it was more of a sloppy start, not necessarily a slow start. Okay, that's the first thing. Way to kind of magnify it or show them how to prevent those starts is you talk about what happened in practice. We started slow on Monday. We started slow on Tuesday. We started slow and sloppy on Wednesday, Thursday, so on. So you go back to those things and you just remind them because now the whole time during the first half, into the second half, I was grabbing leaders and saying, see how the way we've practiced all week doesn't allow us to perform our capability. And they were all kind of like, you're, you're right. And so I think it was more of a learning opportunity, um, you know, that we were able to learn from. There were a lot of positives. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them to think that this game was horrible because sometimes when you win, you, you kind of forget to look at the positives. But the sloppy start is what I was more frustrated with than necessarily the overall outcome of the game. You really look at what Grant did. If you, you, you eliminate really three plays, you know, the one where, you know, he fumbles a snap on the very first play of the game. The bobbled snap, which is not really all him, but a combination of him and the interception. He, he played a phenomenal game. But when you're trying to close the gap, you have to focus on those three plays. Because in a game like this week, those three plays could be a tremendous swing either in momentum and or points. So he wasn't talking about it being slow. It's sloppy. He doesn't like sloppy. He doesn't like sloppy football. Probably doesn't like sloppy Joes either. Now nah, I got to ask him about that, Coach. I know you don't like sloppy, but you, you like sloppy Joes at least. Is that the only sloppy that you'll accept, a sloppy Joe? Because he was steamed a little bit. I'm not again. He wasn't wasn't like hot. He wasn't belligerent. He wasn't mad. He was mad, but he wasn't mad. And. 
he has an opportunity now here because they've seen what happens when they put this level of effort or this type. The effort's there, but maybe it's the wrong type of effort. You put this level in, you put this type of performance in, this is the type of result you get on Saturday. And so Coach was asked, was that last game a good lesson? Because they've seen now what happens. But was that a good lesson going into ECU? Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you can learn from a mistake and win, it's perfect timing. You know, you, you, you hope that you don't learn in a loss and now you're going back and saying, see, I told you so. So I think, obviously, every time you play or every time you practice, every time you come to a meeting, it's a learning opportunity. It's more about I'll be able to answer that question on Saturday night if we've improved. Because, again, we said the same thing at Navy. Can't put as many balls on the ground. Can't you know turn the ball over. Can't jump off sides. Now, did we minimize some of those? Yeah, we had seven balls on the ground or interceptions at Navy. I think we had maybe four at NC Central, but we, we, we got to close it, the gap quicker. But we can't say, well, seven, four, oh, three. Oh, well, we had three turnovers. It was good. That could be the difference. So I think we are learning. But again, it's a consistent, a constant talking about, a constant reminder, a constant focus on protecting those, and protecting those things. We can learn a lot from all the mistakes that we saw on Saturday, so hopefully you get that opportunity to sit down with them, show them what this was, why it was wrong or bad, because ECU is going to be a step up in competition. No no disrespect to Navy or to NC Central, but ECU is a, is a bigger opponent, is a higher caliber opponent than the last two teams you faced. And then Appalachian State will also be a higher caliber opponent. So this is an opportunity for Marshall to show that it's on the right path. And a win over ECU will be good for Marshall. A win over Appalachian State will be good for Marshall going into conference play. Now, he was asked a question because... When he was not happy with the offense on Saturday, he was happy with the defense. He was very happy. And he was asked about some of the players that maybe are standing out to him on that defense. And Coach maybe didn't single anyone out right away, but he had some positive things to say about his defense. Well, I think it always starts up front, you know, and I think what we have is we we have a a good group of players six or seven guys who up front are really playing really well for us right now. Jamari Edwards, uh, TJ Johnson, um, Kroom, uh, Kaufman, you know, Owen Porter, Cumberlander, Shane Simmons. Um, you know, those guys are playing really well for us right now. And we got a good group of them and we're allowed, we're able to rotate. Um, and then I think our, our linebackers, I talked in the beginning of the, you know, the beginning of the season, they've been consistent and that's what they've been, you know, these first two games. Um, you know, have they, you know, Eli did a really good job, you know, in the first game, Charlie Gray does a really good job in this game, you know, so I think they've been consistent now, you know, we've, we've been talking about it and talking about it. Our, our secondary has yet to be challenged. I think this week they will be one, obviously Navy, you know, didn't have the scheme to challenge the secondary. 
Um, you know, I think NC Central had a different philosophy on how they were going to try to move the ball, kind of eat the clock a little bit. Um, so this week's going to be a challenge, and I think those guys are ready. You know, these guys got two really good receivers. Um, C.J. Johnson is a phenomenal receiver. Um, Tyler Sneed, you know, is probably your Julian Edelman, you know, type receiver and does a really good job of eating up space and working off leverage. So we're going to be challenged in the back end, you know, so we got to prepare to be challenged so we can execute on Saturday. Prepare to be challenged. That's what ECU will bring in. And finally, at least from uh, at least from this group of, of comments that I've selected for you today, one guy that probably is enjoying life right now, or at least has been, and it'll get back to you got to work hard, it's Garrett Morrell. If Marshall doesn't think about putting him on the track team, I don't know. Is he all that fast? Is he all that fast? And, you know, we need to just straight up time him. Is he all that fast? But, you know, he made a big play. Made a big run. I mean, some of the guys uh, are calling him Usain Bolt now. And Coach Huff talked about his effort. And uh, Coach smiling, because you talk about effort. I think Garrett Morrell is now the poster child for Coach Huff effort. That's who we are. That that That's who the Coach Huff coach football team will be. Effort is non-negotiable. Um, and I think what Garrett was able to show was exactly what we've been preaching since we got here. Finish every play, finish every drive, finish every day. Um, and, and a phenomenal job. But I think Garrett just happened to be, and don't get me wrong, phenomenal job by him. But if you look at that play, we got three or four other guys busting their tail to do the same thing. Garrett just happened to be the fastest one, which I told him, you know, he's the slowed down, slow-mo version of DK Metcalf. Um, but he did a phenomenal job. And I think that's what I've been preaching. That's what these guys have been craving, you know, since last year. It's been close the gap, finish. Well, you can't finish when you want to. I mean, everybody's probably looking at me. I'm the young, hot head head coach who's running the score up on Navy, who's trying to call in timeouts against NC Central. It ain't about them. It's about instilling a mentality in our players. We are going to finish. Doesn't matter if we're up 30, down 30, six seconds left in the game, and we got Cam Finchner in the game, and we got an opportunity to get him another play. It's not about, oh, why are you trying to run the score up? I don't have that much knowledge to run the score up. All I know is run plays, coach finish, teach your guys that they finished the game for 60 minutes. So if I'm asking our guys to finish for 60 minutes, but yet I say, hey, in the last six seconds, let's just run the ball or let's not play with tempo, or you know what, we, we're up on Navy, whoa, pull, pull the reins back. That, that, that's, that's contradicting to what I'm asking those guys to do. Now, don't get me wrong. If we'd have been up one point, would we have finished the game in a different way? Yeah. But Ethan Payne doesn't get another snap. Caleb Coombs doesn't get a catch. Cam Fencer doesn't get a play. E.J. Horton doesn't have a touchdown if we're not having the finish mentality. And it's not something that you can finish on Garrett's long run but you can't finish on your homework assignment. It's not something you can finish because you're beating Navy, but you can't finish when things aren't going your way. So the mentality that we're trying to instill may make me seem like a hothead head coach, but it's not. I'm really a head coach that's focused, 
has a plan and are going to try and teach our guys that the plan is the same every day. So finish for 60 minutes. You're going to finish for 60 minutes. So if you are wondering if he's going to keep going for it and trying to score and try to finish, I don't think he's going to try to run the score up deliberately, but he's going to tell his guys, go out there and finish the play. Not, okay, we're going to dog it here. I mean, now, if he takes a victory formation, maybe he's – will he take a victory formation? We're going to have to start tracking that. Will Will Coach take a victory formation or will he run another play? That's going to be a that's going to be an intern job right there to keep track of that stuff. All right, when we continue, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we're going to save Coach Huff's uh, preview of ECU for tomorrow. Uh, we have got good news today for Marshall soccer. Also, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, Marshall men's team. Uh, they were victorious today. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Marshall golf team winning the 51st Joe Fagan's Marshall Invitational today at the Guyane Golf and Country Club. Heard finished with an eight-stroke lead over Wright State to secure the win. Marshall had three players finish in the top five. Uh, junior Tyler Jones tied for second. Fifth-year senior Noah Mullins tied for fourth. And redshirt freshman Joseph Kalowski tied for fourth as well. It was the first time that Marshall has won its home event since 1977. one nine. Seven seven. That's how long. So Matt Grobe probably due for an appearance on the program. Um, you know how the old saying goes: uh, you win a prize, you get to come on the fun show. Well, you won a prize. Coach Grobe probably soon will be on the fun show. We'll make that happen here in the next few days. Also, uh, some good news today for Marshall men's soccer. Uh, we told you earlier the herd jumped to sixth in the rankings. Well. Junior midfielder Max Schneider, named Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. He helped lead the defensive effort of the last two matches that yielded just one goal and the Herd's first clean sheet of the season. He helped lead the team, which was then ranked 10th, to a pair of victories last week against East Tennessee State and Bowling Green, which was receiving votes uh, against ETSU. Uh, Schneider start. I mean, he really started well. He had a great defensive effort. Uh, he was all over the place the final 11 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Marshall played with a man uh, after a, a red card. So uh, with a man down after a red card, the herd, I think, put on a pretty good show. I watched that one. I watched a little bit of the uh, the Bowling Green matchup on Saturday. That was difficult. You know, you're watching herd football, and then you get the YouTube feed up watching Bowling Green as well. Uh, the defense looked good. First clean sheet of the season. And the Falcons had scored a combined six goals in their last two matches. Marshall's defense is starting to pick up, allowed only five total shots and just one goal. So a big matchup coming up. Again, heard fans, uh, be careful. Be careful on Twitter. 
you might not be able to uh, cash those checks you're writing right now on social media. I know the fan bases love to get after each other, but I'm just telling you right now, Hurt fans, be careful. There will be somebody to collect those checks you, you're writing if things don't go well. Hopefully it's going to be a fun match for both West Virginia and Marshall. Uh, I think this will be a, a tremendous uh, way to uh, showcase Conference USA in the future because West Virginia joining Conference USA after getting hosed by the MAC. I think we can all agree there. The Mountaineers deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. They got hosed by the MAC and the NCAA tournament, and I think they're doing a fantastic job with their program as well. So it's going to be tough. You know, Marshall's got that target on its back. You got the star on the shield. You win the national championship. You got to back that thing up. And so the Thundering Herd have a big test coming up on Friday against West Virginia. The Mountaineers coming in ranked fifth. Marshall coming in. I'm sorry, ranked fourth. The Thundering Herd coming in ranked sixth. That's gonna be that's gonna be huge. That'll be a big one right there. Not just uh, in the state, but uh, if you follow college soccer. That's going to be a huge one there. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we're going to hear from Coach Huff. We'll continue our look at ECU. Coach has a lot to say, so we'll have a lot to offer tomorrow. So we'll get his thoughts on ECU. We will continue to look ahead to that matchup between the two schools. You never know what else we're going to come up with tomorrow. We've got 23, 22 hours to put that together, so we will work on that for you tomorrow. Today, the uh, Thundering Herd victorious in its uh, golf tournament. And some good news today for Marshall Soccer, the Max Schneider Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. Looking forward to the rest of the week. It's going to be fun. we got soccer on Thursday and Friday for the women and for the men. Big matchup for the Herd on Saturday and a few other things uh, all in between. So uh, we'll continue to look ahead as the week progresses. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. You know the place right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Huntington W231BS Huntington broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.